This is week two. Week two of our current series, Time, Talent, and Treasure. And how appropriate that today we're talking about talent. Our talent. And, I mean, it's subtitled, The Body Needs You. The talent, the body needs you. So turn with me in your Bibles to two scriptures, Exodus 31 and Romans 12. Exodus 31 and Romans 12. Um, let me just give you, while you're turning there, a little update in case you missed the, the memo, the email, that we're trying to restructure the services. So please, if you want to know what's coming up, the announcements that usually happen, um, at the offering time there is now pushed right at the beginning of the service. So right after the countdown, we either, uh, Pastor Denny or somebody will give verbal announcements or you'll see a video announcement. So if you're not in here when that countdown ends, you're going to miss upcoming announcements. So please don't be late. Um, that's the only time because we as a staff and the board have been um, seeking God and sweating and really pressing into um, what it means and what's number one most important thing when you come to church. And remember we talked about this a few weeks ago when I um, preached that message on the church. And we know that it's that encounter. You have to have that encounter. And yes, you can have a portion of that encounter and you can encounter God in the worship. You can encounter God before you even hit the doors. But we want to make sure that we don't press through and push through all the things that have to be done on a Sunday morning and run out of time before you get that. I've I've experienced the worship, I've experienced the word, I've experienced a time of giving, but then 10.30 hits after first service is done and, and you're running out the door. And um, we want to make sure that we leave plenty of time at the end for altar. That's altar is encountering time, that I've received that word, don't let me just um, grab that word and run out the door and the cares of the world grabs it, the little crows of the air snatch it away, but that you have time to really sink in and encounter God that we can pray over you. The power of God is waiting to be displayed. And I, I mean, we've been, we dug into it a little bit deeper on Wednesday with the staff that I'm challenging all of us and me included to start making bold steps of faith that causes heaven to, to come right to the edge of their seat or even stand up in awe that that's the faith I've been waiting for. That's where now God can show up. Because we can, let's just be truthful here, we can do church. We can do church, actually, watch out for the lightning, without God. And we want to make sure that that doesn't happen here. That we are making bold steps of faith, um, statements of faith that cause the angels of heaven to sense the fragrance of I know that smell to come and take part and be the ones that are the healing. I mean, when we pray for you, um, it's not because we're great 
healers of faith is simply because we're just agents of or vessels of God's healing power. Or we're just simply agreeing with you. I mean, it's nothing on our part. As a matter of fact, here's a here's a statement of faith. Um, I really believe that some are going to be healed right now as we're just sitting here. No one's going to touch you. No one's going to pray for you. No one's going to lay a hand on you. And you're going to walk out of here and realize, hey, I'm healed. That thing that was there, that pain that was there isn't there anymore. That thing that was troubling my mind isn't there anymore. Simply because we're allowing, we're, we're believing for um, God to move. Okay? So I said all of that as an announcement of why you might have sensed today that things are a little different in the service order. Um, so to go on, now you should have found Exodus 31 by now, right? <laughs> but through this series, um, I'm talking about the time, talent, and the treasure. I want you to understand that the key here is that God's given us everything. Everything you have, everything you are, and everything you put your hands to even are all because of God, are all from God, and all should be used for God. We, we, should, we are just stewards of. Um, even the breath in your lungs, come on. And so one of the songs that we sing is because the, you put the breath in my mouth, I'll use that breath to sing you praise. And I'll be challenging you, and I did last week, and I will again today, challenging you to assess what you've been giving and what are you doing with it? What are you doing with what you've been given and connecting it, using it to connect as a supporting ligament? And I, I mean, I want that to be tattooed in your brain, that word, supporting ligament into the body. And, and God is just so brilliant when he used that analogy, if you would, that, that wording of, he didn't just say church. Because again, I mean, we could really institutionalize that as four walls and a roof and a place we go once a week. But he called the church the body of Christ. And he called us members of that body. And he said, you're going to be a supporting ligament or Brenda translation, a leech. You're either going to be a supporting ligament where you come in and plug in and blood flows through you and from you and you squeeze and you support and you give of your time, your talent, your treasure, or you come in, attach yourself to the body and become a leech of it and just suck off it. Get what you can get and get out. That's in the Brenda translation Bible if you they're for sale out there at the Connect Counter. So last week we tackled three big excuses and why we don't support as a or why we don't connect as the supporting ligament to the body using our time. The excuses were, well, I just don't have enough time. And we discovered that that's not true. Everybody's been given the same amount of time. It's just jumbled priorities. The second excuse was, well, if I do this, then I can't do that. And we realized that, well, yeah, that's true. It's a trade-off. 
It's a trade-off. But what's more important, this or that? And then the third excuse, well, well, and you hear this for everything. Well, God knows my heart. And let's be honest, if your life is not displaying God as your priority, then he's certainly not a priority of your heart. Your life is an expression of what's inside. What's really priority. So today we're going to be focusing on talent. And the body needs you. The body needs you. Everyone has been given a specific talent that's needed in the body of Christ. And when we use that talent for God, we fit into that specific place that God created for us to complete the body. Your talent is God's gift to you. How you use that talent is your gift to God. So let's read Exodus 31. Starting with verse 3, we're going to read through verse 6. And I know I'm jumping right in here. Actually, if I back up to verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen, well, let's just say this guy. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, besides that, I have appointed this other guy to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I commanded you. Okay, I'm not going to stop there. Let's look over at Romans 12 and, the, and then we'll look at them. So then in Romans 12, starting at verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I could preach a message just in that one little verse right there. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the other members. I'll tell you, if we go back a week... If you wanted to say, how can I be a good steward of time? Well, what if you had to call up a brother in Christ and say, you know, I feel like going to the beach today instead of church. What do you think? It's, I mean, if I listen to the word, my body's not my, I belong to you. So Shannon, is it okay if I go to the beach today instead of going to church? No! I think you can give two hours in the church. And, you know, you have to listen to me. I, you know, could you imagine that? Before you do anything, that you have to get approval from another member in the church? What? You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the other member. You ever, I was in Myers Friday. 
And that one stinking toe, I've talked about him before. I, I have a disobedient member of my body. And it's that second toe right there that always tends to go that way. And I'm like, I'm heading this way. You can't go that way. And I mean it. It causes pain in my ear. I'm wondering, my ear even feels the pain when that toe goes that way. And I'm into cramping to where, you know, I'm walking around Myers. Ah, ah. You know, and people want to lay hands on me and pray with me right in the aisle of Meyer because they're like, she must be demon possessed. I said, no, I just have a disobedient toe. Keeps going that way. He needs to line up, get in order here. You know, if we did, but you know, we have people in the body that do that. Why well, I want to do my own thing. You can't do your own thing when you're part of a body and you belong to all the others. Sorry, that was a free little nugget there. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us, as Pastor Neil was saying earlier, the grace given to us, the power to do what you're called to do. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And I don't know about you, but in my Bible, I've got a little note there, and I like in the note, it says it better, in agreement with the faith. To use it in agreement with the faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let me just, there's six things right there that stand out in those two verses that just scream, do you understand what you've been given here? God is the one that gives you your talent. God is the one that gives you the skill, ability, and knowledge to use your talent. God is the one that appoints you to where that talent fits in the body. And we all have been given different talents. And each member belongs to the others, must be devoted to the others, and must honor the others above themselves. And you must continue to encourage each other to keep your spiritual zeal and fervor. And I've preached this one before. The definition of zeal means great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of. Fervor means an intense, passionate feeling. So the fervor inside is the intense, passionate feeling, and the zeal is the outward energy, enthusiasm in pursuit of. Have you ever played a game where somebody's chasing you? I used to wake up in night terrors because I hated that game where hide and seek, where you had to hide from somebody 
And then there was that one free space you had to get to, that free spot, right? Before they found you. And usually you had to run quite a distance to get it. And then they would see you and run after you to try to touch you before you got to that free spot. I used to wake up in night terrors over that somebody chasing me and almost getting me. And I was, ah, right? Well, replace that without the terrible fear. And it's that, yeah, that drive, that passionate in pursuit of, I'm reaching out to, I'm getting it. That's zeal. It's that intense, passionate enthusiasm. It, well, see, I... I have to use that because I was never a runner. You know, I never participated in that, you know, running the distance and getting to that finish line. I'm sure that's what they feel much more than, you know, the hide and seek game where it's, yeah, I can see that finish line. I can see it. that's that feeling, that passion, that intense enthusiasm in pursuit of. And you're, you're asking, well, why is that important? What does that really have to do with talent? When you're plugged into your part of the body, there's a huge difference in just doing your time or doing it with passion, zeal, and fervor. Notice he said, while serving the Lord. See, because you can use your talent to just go make a buck. Or you can use your talent to serve the Lord. But while you're using your talent to serve the Lord, like we have some volunteers in the church, every church has volunteers that you'll see, they'll drag in late, they'll come, they'll set, they'll be discouraged, they'll be distracted, they complain about this or complain about that. You know, they always, uh, you know, and they really, they'll walk by a piece of trash that's laying on the floor and not pick it up. You know, they half-heartedly do this, half-heartedly do that. Does that sound like they're serving the Lord with zeal and fervor? No. So when guests come in and see volunteers serving the Lord like that, do you think that incites some passion or excitement about, I want to be just like them? <laughs> no. No. So, I mean, think about it. When you walk into a business to put an application in, do you or do you not look at the workers? You do, don't you? Come on, business people, you know you do this. You look around because you want to know what the workers look like, how they feel about their job before you start working for the job. And if you don't, I, I encourage you, you should. <laughs> Uh, I do a lot of research. I visit a lot back when I was, you know, really in the market and working secular positions. I actually studied in college a little bit about hiring and the, and, and the whole, you know, interview process on both ends. I wanted to know both ends. I wanted to know what made a good workplace, what made a horrible. I had no idea where God was taking me in the future, that this was so important to me. He wanted to show me in the secular what needs to exist or should have existed and then infected the workplace from the kingdom side. That if this is what we do, if we walk into a place and everybody's moping around, could you imagine? Go, you've seen the waitresses mope around and come up to your table 
all frazzled, all uh, distracted, and they're, uh, and they're not taking care. And you're like, what is up with this? You don't even want to come back to the restaurant, do you? Well, come on. When you walk into a church, people think that same thing. They'll look at the workers. They'll look at the volunteers. They'll look at the way you care for the stuff that's supposed to be God's. That's why he's saying we have to encourage each other to serve the Lord with zeal and fervor. Wow. Why? Because it's infectious. What is? Both negativity and enthusiasm. That if you're just moping around half-heartedly and distracted and doing and discouraged doing your volunteer work, people will feel that. And it will seep through into the other ministries like gangrene. But if you come in excited, energizing, knowing that you've been given a talent by God for specific to the body. And if you don't show up, the body will suffer like that wayward toe going that way all the time. That we are affected when you're not here doing your part in the body. And you, so you, when you come in, you come in with enthusiasm and fervor and in pursuit of. Think about that. It's infectious. You don't even know why. You had a bad day, but you got here. And for some reason, you're not in a bad mood anymore. Because we're, we are setting the climate. And we're not just walking in and being affected by the temperature. We're not, oh, everybody's mopey today. It's early today. Uh, we're setting the temperature so when the guests come in or the broken come in or the hurt come in, they're not hurt anymore. As a matter of fact, we should have such a culture here of heaven's atmosphere that people drive by and get healed. And they're like, what was that? Because this is God's territory. Wherever you are, you should walk down the aisles of Myers or wherever, shop and save or shop and spend a lot. But you should walk in those aisles and people walk by you and are healed because you carry the kingdom of heaven. It's infectious, but see, if you're just moping around and just doing your time, you know, and only using your talent to make a buck or build your own kingdom. Pastor Neil didn't even know. And I think they even sung that. That I was going to talk about those two things. Because you can use your talent to build your kingdom. Or you can use your talent to build God's kingdom. And we, when we just do our own thing. We're building our own kingdom. I'll try to get back on track here. I know. Uh... So two ways. Let me show you something. Saul in the Bible. Before Paul, he was Saul. He was a teacher of the law. He studied. He knew the law. All the commands. That was his talent. Brilliant man. Right? Schooled in the law. He knew it. That was his talent. He actually thought he was using his talent to do God's will by persecuting, murdering the believers of the way, disciples of Christ. 
because he was building his kingdom. But when God knocked him off his high horse, and I wonder if that's where that phrase came from, knocked him off his high horse, brought him to his knees, he laid himself down, which meant himself, all that God had given him. And I really don't believe that that was a salvation experience. And I know that's, again, in Brenda's translation Bible there. So you can take it in, in any way you want. Because we have many people that come to church every week that are believers. That are studying the word. They believe they're doing God's will. But they haven't surrendered their will. And you can live a long time. You can live your whole life and believe that you're a Christian doing God's will, but never surrendered your life. And I am not the judge to say where you're going to go. I'm not. I'm just saying Saul came to a place where he had to surrender his will to God. And that was this place on that Damascus road where he surrendered. And now when he stood up, He's taking the talent God had given him, all that knowledge of the word, and now he's applying it and walking it out for God. And so he can go from, uh, I'm going to demand you follow the way to follow me as I follow Christ in the way. See, using your talent to build your kingdom or using your talent to build God's kingdom. When Jesus called his first disciples, where were they? They were fishers. What was their talent? Fishing. What did they use it for? To build their own kingdom. For their own profit, right? This isn't deep, people. You all look like I'm going really, I'm trying to keep this very simple. Simple, simple, very simple. <laughs> what did he say? What did what did Jesus say to them? You are fishers right now, fishermen, right? But follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He was taking that talent he had given them and stop using it just to build your own kingdom, to just be fishermen. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see, you use your talent to either build God's kingdom or build your own kingdom. I like I wrote down here that God was not afraid to give these fishermen power and authority right away without making them wait three years until you're trained in everything, until we know that you're perfect and without any fault that you'll never stumble. Notice that. He gave them power and authority almost immediately. He wasn't afraid to do that because he knew if he stayed close to them, and that's the whole mentoring and discipleship, and that if they stay willingly and their heart stays pliable, that he can prune and cut and disciple, correct or rebuke if needed, and they would continue to grow and bear much fruit. Right? When you start stepping into stop building your own kingdom and using your talent to build God's kingdom, this is imperative that you stay pliable, willing to be corrected, rebuked, trained, discipled. 
so that you continue, continue to grow. You can continue to uh, bear much fruit. But if we aren't willing to be discipled, trained, or even corrected at times, we will miss out on stepping into our destiny and the body suffers without you. Listen, it, an example would be that um, you feel a call on your life to be a pilot. So you study all the books, you take all the written tests, only to step into the cockpit with an instructor, start to get up in the air, he corrects you, and you're like, I'm out! I didn't sign up for this, I'm leaving, and walk away. And you're like, well, that's absurd, nobody would do that. People do it all the time in the body. All the time in the church. And we're talking about destiny and not just a job. We're talking about the reason you were created. But the minute somebody comes up and tries to correct you, you're out. I'm out of here. Forget it. I didn't sign up for this. They get offended. They leave. See, you, the only way your talent can build the kingdom is when it's plugged into the body. And the only way it can stay healthy in the body is with resistance, muscle growth, building, nourishment, instructing, correcting. Get back in line. <laughs> Stop going that way. When necessary. I mean... Think about your own body. You know, if you never got up and you just laid around and continued to shove food in your mouth, you know, what would happen to your body? Right? It needs to have some resistance. No, you can't have a second piece of cake. <laughs> no, you can't continue to just use the elevator. Use the stairs once in a while, you know? It needs a little resistance. It needs a little correction. It needs a little spurring once in a while, right? But you, that needs to be on you. That I surrender. God, I'm plugged into the body as a supporting ligament. I will be pliable and willing. Lord, to be pruned, corrected, rebuked, trained, equipped, so that I can bear much fruit. Listen, you are God's resource to his body. You are God's resource to the body. You've been given a specific talent that fits in perfectly. So when you selfishly keep it for yourself to build your own kingdom, what are you to the body when you just come in, get what you can get, and go back out? Ah, wise grasshopper, you getting it. Think about it this way. The body needs you. God has gifted you with the talent to cook. You've been making meals for men. God wants to equip you on how to feed multitudes with two loaves and a few fish. God has gifted you with the talent to teach. 
You've been teaching a class. God wants to equip you to disciple nations. God has gifted you with a talent to care. You've been quick to sympathize with people. But God wants to use you to walk many out of their pain. And not just sympathize with them. God has gifted you with the talent as a builder. You've been building for men. God wants to equip you to build men. For his kingdom. See, when you take your talent that he's given you. And use it to build his kingdom. You fit perfectly into the body. But when you're using your talent to build your kingdom, the body suffers without you. The bottom line, why stewardship comes from loving God with all your heart. Remember this, with all your heart, all your priorities, your passions, your enthusiasm, with all your soul, all your mind, all your thoughts, all your strength, all you put your hands to. That's where the good stewardship comes from. It comes from that love. It's not just about doing the right thing so I can be a good boy. It comes from a love. You just do it. It's automatic. Remember, if the priorities are right inside, your life will display it on the outside. It will be automatic. So my question for you today, are you being a wise steward of the resource God's giving you of you? Are you being a good steward of the resource God's giving you of you? You are the resource God has given to the body. You. So what I'd like to do is if Crystal would come back or the worship team would come back up. We want to open back up the altars. And no, this is not a time for you to grab your empty cup and run out the door. And go get an. This is the important time. This is what the worship. The word, the offer, everything's leading up to this encounter time. This is our surrender time. This is a, a Saul to Paul time. This is a God examine my heart time. Examine my motive. Examine my thoughts, God. This is about God time. This is a give room for God time. You know, last week I gave a word. I really believed it. And to tell you the truth, I, I confessed to the staff on Wednesday night that when I sometimes when I feel like God has given me a word for someone or the, the body, I struggle to be honest, completely honest. I struggle. God, is that just me? All the time. And he's getting me to a place where as long as it lines up with the word of God, and I'm not speaking a lie or speaking uh, uh, anything that would twist the word. If I'm speaking the word, it's a word. Right? 
So I'm not hesitant anymore. I'm just going to say it. And last week, I didn't know if it was a word right then and there, but I knew I it was a word that I found in the Bible, which is God's callings are irrevocable. That if he's called you, which has he called, does he call ever? Yes, he calls. He equips. He appoints. They're irrevocable. And I really felt last week to say that, that there was somebody, as a matter of fact, I thought it was just one individual, but I struggled with, am I really hearing God? Is it for that one person? Um, thought maybe I should just go up and whisper it to that one person, but I, I felt like I was supposed to share it from the pulpit that God's gifts are irrevocable. God's callings are irrevocable. That if you've done something in your past that you think has disqualified you from ministry, that that's a lie. And I knew I found that's in the word. So I just, you know, right before I said it, I'm like, God, whether you're telling me to say it now or I'm just saying it because I've read it, I'm just going to say it found out at the staff meeting because I didn't hear anything about that one person but the people that was praying for other people at the altar just from the staff said that seven people responded to that word and said that word was for me that word was for me it was a word for the church I'm saying it again because I struggled with this so much on my own that I missed it Boy, Satan, he wears that mask. He'll tempt you and, and draw you and get you off course. And then the minute you get off course, he's now the condemning finger and accuser of the brethren that says, now look what you've done and you think you're a Christian. God can't love you after what you did. He's not going to use you. Look who you are. Look what you've done. I know what you were thinking last night. He's an accuser of the brother. God has put a talent in you before he even knit you together in your mother's womb and knew exactly where you fit in the body of Christ and that the body would suffer without you if you didn't plug into that point. And the foreknowledge of God is just mind-blowing and mysterious. And that's what causes us to, you know, if we live in that, that sense of mystery, that's what causes us to, to take these steps of faith and to be able to trust Him. When we don't understand, God, how can you use a fallen individual like me? How can you use a big mess up like I've messed up? How can you use me? And still He says, that spot right there is still open waiting for you just surrender to me lay it all down lay it all down I'll pick you up I'll clean you up and I'll plug you in do you trust me will you surrender to me if you are opening your ears you can hear God saying that to you do you trust me do you trust me Lay it. I love this song that they sung this. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. And so would you just stand where you're at? And we're going to do that. We're going to take time to just come up and worship together. They're going to sing this song again. No one is going to leave. Everyone's going to press in.